Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What if I told you that one of the top teams in college football and the number one overall draft pick will come out of the group of five programs? Well, we take a deep dive into the G5 conferences, teams, and players with my esteemed guests right here. It's time for the College Football Legends Podcast. The players. We're going to hit somebody and we're taking downfield for a touchdown. I guarantee you that. The coaches. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The plays. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. And so much more. College football legends. Heroes come and go, but legends live forever. Believe in college football legends on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Chris Smith. Give me a follow on Twitter at the Sports Jesus. That's at the Sports Jesus. The month is heating up with a ton of exciting sports action, and Bet Online is where you can find it. From baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and features, Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. The group of five conferences are five of the ten conferences in the NCAA Division I FBS. The other five FBS conferences are informally known as the Power Five. In addition, a number of schools compete in the FBS as independents in football. All except Notre Dame are considered part of the group of five. And I asked 1990 Heisman Trophy winner Ty Detmer of BYU if the G5 gets enough credit. You know, I, I don't. Um, there's some really good football being played at, at some of the, you know, the schools in the group of five. Um, you know, you, you don't have the, the gauntlet of a schedule that the SEC does. So I understand why they get a ton of the exposure and the credit because they, they are playing a tough schedule generally week in and week out. Um, but, you know, it's it's all kind of relative. Uh, same thing with the group of five. You know, they're very competitive in their own leagues. And and uh, there's some really good football players that maybe get overlooked a little bit in the recruiting process. Maybe they're, they, you know, kind of develop later their senior year and, and uh, didn't get the recognition that the power five schools kind of give the underclassmen. And, uh, and so... You know, there's there's some really good players playing in that group of five and, and a, a great brand of football. So uh, I don't feel like they get enough credit. The group of five is often considered disadvantaged to the power five as its members do not have similar access to New Year's six or a college football playoff bowls. But in November of 2012, agreement was reached to guarantee a spot in one of the New Year's six bowl games as a team from one of the group of five conferences beginning with the 2014 football season. And I spoke with legendary head coach Urban Meyer on the G5 getting enough respect and the difficulties being a non-Power 5 school. 
Yeah, we all took that very personal at Utah when people, a lot of the announcers and media said that we don't belong in the conversation for a run at the national title. And this was a not a good team, a great team. You had Alex Smith, the number one pick at sure. tail, uh, quarterback. You had we had we were loaded, and we are were undefeated against non-BCS teams. I mean BCS teams, excuse me, including just I mean beating teams badly. You know, like Texas A&M and some other teams. So we all took it very personal. We played with a chip on our players played with a chip on our shoulder. We coached with a chip on our shoulder, and we got an opportunity. So. The challenges are obvious. You just don't have the same depth that maybe an SEC or a Big Ten school does. But you can't tell me. You look at some of the great quarterbacks from Leftwich, you know, all those great quarterbacks, Pennington, Marshall, and then Alex Smith, all these great players that came from maybe the non-Power 5 schools. As we get into the teams and conferences, one question always lingers. Can anyone crash the college football party? Well, I spoke with Boise State legend Jared Zabransky on the G5 getting into that elusive playoff. You know, I think it's getting better, Chris, but I, I, it's still going to be, there's still a stigma there and there's still, you know, I think until we stretch the playoff system a little bit more, I think eight teams would fulfill getting a G5 or a non-Power 5 school in there. I think that until we see that, you're just not going to get an opportunity to see G5 team uh, play at the highest level in the in the playoffs. It just takes too many variables. Now, eight Group of Five conference teams are in the ESPN's Power Football Index 2021 preseason top 60. Those eight teams come out of just two conferences, the American with Cincinnati, UCF, Tulane, Memphis, and SMU, and the Sun Belt with App State, Louisiana, and Coastal Carolina. So is there a dark horse candidate in the G5 to make the playoff? Here's Jeff Mazidlo, sports writer at Yard Barker, on the team that has the goods. Maybe they're not necessarily a dark horse, but I think if we're, we're if, this, if there's ever a year, we, we had this kind of conversation a little bit, in 2020 was is is a team like Cincinnati good enough to crack that 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 you know the the, the four play one of the four playoff spots um probably not but i think they are a team to me that you have to you have to look at that has the potential to go undefeated again i mean i like there's a lot to like about that team now their, their quarterback Desmond Ritter comes back there's this is a veteran this was a big deal that he decided to to come back and play and and really um you know kind of keep the momentum going from last year's team that did make a New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, and then they've got a really good defense. They've got a nice amount of talent coming back on that. This was a defense that allowed just under 17 points a game last year. Um, so for me, I think they're going to be in that conversation. And, you know, if it comes down to someone, let's, let's say they're undefeated and you've got Notre Dame who's not playing the hard, you know, Notre Dame actually plays a decent schedule this year. I mean, they actually play Cincinnati this year. And that could be, you know, that could be a game where, you look at maybe this is a game that's for a spot. If Cincinnati's to somehow win that game, and now they've got a lot of, and they go undefeated the rest of the way, win their conference, um, they've got a little bit of ammo to to argue, maybe more than they did in in the past, to argue about getting themselves a spot in that in that um, you know those four playoff teams. Now, no group of five team has made it in the college football playoff, but that may all change in the twelve team playoff format proposal if that goes into effect. And if the changes were in place last season, there would have been two group of five teams to make it, Cincinnati and Coastal Carolina, because under the proposal, six conference champions are guaranteed a spot. That would mean a non-Power 5 team would make the college football playoff for the first time. 
Florida finished in the top 12 of the final CFP rankings, including two last year, like I mentioned, Cincinnati and Coastal Carolina. The other two, 2017 and 2018, UCF went undefeated twice, but only got ranked as high as eight in 2018. And another challenge for the G5 teams is strength of schedule and getting those Power 5 teams to commit to playing them. And Steve Hegel of JustCollegeFootball.com sees that struggle is real. Power 5 conference teams probably look at that game against them. A team like Cincinnati is not going to be, it's going to be good, but not great and probably figure, ooh, do we want to play that game? Because what if we possibly lose to them, you know? So they try to hedge from scheduling them at, at some point. That's what I'm seeing with UCF happening in the last several years for them as well. And it's harder for some of the schools to schedule games because you know if they want to play uh, even like a Alabama or a Clemson or a North Carolina or Notre Dame, whoever, they probably got to do two or three away games with them just to maybe get one home game back, like a two or three for one, or do um, just do one. They'll give them one game and they'll have to be at the at Notre Dame's place at you know at the time they want, the day they want, early in the season. So. It's tough for them to schedule. It definitely is for non-conference uh, for for you know to schedule tough games. And then of course you're all depending on the rest of the the rest of your season. You're depending on your teams in your conference to be decent that you're beating and not to kind of have a big fall off there as well, which is which is out of your control. So what are the chances that one of those teams makes it to the college football playoff? Well, the ESPN Power Football Index gives percentages to just three teams: Cincinnati, Appalachian State, and UCF. And all three are given less than a 2% chance of reaching the holy grail of college football. National college football writer for Football Scoop, Zach Barnett, does think one of those teams has a shot and has a great reason why. Uh, if it's going to be anyone, it's going to be Cincinnati. I think with, with the system, that it, it, the way it's set up for, for these group of five teams, it's really a two-year process. Um, like, like, like you saw Boise State in 2009 when it was defeated, uh, beat TCU in the Bowl. And, and they were right on the cusp. I think they were number three in 2010. You know, TCU was right there in 2010, uh, going into season. They, they won the Rose Bowl that year. Uh, obviously, that, that uh, Boise State team had uh, had Kellen Moore and then lost in their final game on a missed field goal to Colin Kaepernick and uh, in Nevada. But that, if we had a playoff in 2010, I think TCU would have been in it. Boise State would have had a shot. Uh, to be in it, but both of those teams will work on two years of undefeated teams. Uh, Houston uh, is another one, 2015, in, uh, or excuse me, 2016. Tom Herman's first year, they, they went uh, nearly undefeated and, and beat Florida State in the in the Peach Bowl, and then they're coming back next year, they beat Baker Mayfield, Oklahoma, in uh, their opener. They beat Lamar Jackson in Louisville, and then they kind of fell apart from there on. But it's really a two-year process for them. And so, given the respect that, that Cincinnati gained this past year, it's obviously going to help them. Uh, uh, they're going to have to beat Notre Dame. There's no doubt about that. And then they're still going to need a lot of help along the way. But beyond that, absolutely no one has any sort of chance at all. So let's dive into the movers and shakers in the group of five, starting with the American Athletic Conference. And our Eric Froton, college football analyst for NBC Sports, is a big fan of the conference. I love the AAC. I love the American Athletic Conference. I feel like, you know, they make a lot of noise about wanting to be the sixth major. And you look at the success of Cincinnati in particular. Yeah. Ritter coming and back. And what that team has done. Oh, my God. Another great job by Luke Fickle recruiting. Guy is a man's man. I mean, you see Luke Fickle out there sitting in your uh, – 
you know, defensive guy, huge, all business, you know, sitting down there in that living room. Oh, boy, watch out. He's coming home. So uh, I love Fickle. I love what they're doing there. Uh, I love watching it, watching Cincinnati because their defense is smothering mm. while also having like a pretty, pretty exciting offense by Desmond Ritter. So that's where we're going to begin with the Cincinnati Bearcats like Eric Froton. ESPN has Cincinnati as a clear favorite to claim the American title for a second straight season. In the conference's brief history, UCF is the only team to claim back-to-back AAC crowns, which they did in 2017 and 2018. Those Bearcats went 9-1, 6-0 in the American last season, lost to Georgia in the Peach Bowl 24-21, and had a final AP rank of 8. But since he returns seven offensive starters and seven defensive starters, according to Phil Steele, but the big name is quarterback Desmond Ritter, who is one of four returning players to start at least five games last season and record a QBR of at least 80, trailing only Oklahoma's Spencer Rattler, Coastal Carolina's Grayson McCall, and Matt Corral from Ole Miss. So what are they looking like this upcoming season? Since he's ranked 22nd in the preseason Power Football Index, And the Bearcats have been red hot, having won at least nine games in each of the past three seasons, and their 31 victories in that span are the most of any AAC team. Don't believe me? Let's look inside the numbers. The best win percentage among AAC teams since the start of the 2018 season, Cincinnati 31-6, followed by UCF 28-2, Memphis going 28-11, and SMU going 22-13. And since he's got a strong schedule, the Bearcats' chances of being part of the college football playoff likely hinge on road trips to Indiana on September 18th and Notre Dame on October 2nd. The Football Power Index currently has the Bearcats as underdogs in both games, with a 45% chance to beat Indiana and just a 27% chance to beat Notre Dame. But if Cincy can beat both the Hoosiers and the Fighting Irish, it would have the resume of a playoff contender. And Zach Barnett, national college football writer for Football Scoop, loves the Notre Dame-Cincy matchup as one of his top five non-conference games of the entire season. Obviously a big game for Notre Dame, but I think it's more about Cincinnati. And, uh, you know, the, the, the reason they were left out, never really given a serious shot last year, was because of their schedule. And obviously, thanks to COVID, uh, once again, they, they didn't really get a, a real non-conference season. So... To hopefully play a top 10 Notre Dame team on their turf. The Notre Dame is still arguably the biggest brand in the sport. So to, so to go there and beat, you know, the, the Golden Domers on, you know, right in front of Touchdown Jesus, there's no way anyone can ignore that. So, uh, you know, unfortunately for them, Notre Dame's not going to turn around and, and possibly win an ACC championship. They're going back to their independent schedule, but, I mean, that would be the ultimate statement game for a, a group of five teams to win at Notre Dame Stadium. So for a little perspective, the average top 25 team would have just a 17% chance to go 12-0 and against the Bearcats' schedule. That's in line with the strength of record of several recent playoff participants entering their conference championship game. Let's move on to... The UCF Knights. They went 6-4, and 5-3 and three in the American last season. In postseason play, they got crushed by BYU in the Boca Raton Bowl, 49-23. Final AP rank, none. Returning starters, though, they got 8 on offense, 9 on defense, according to Phil Steele. 
and their 2021 ESPN FPI rank is 34. So what is the diagnosis for Central Florida and can they resuscitate the program? Well, after a string of three straight seasons with 10 wins or more, the Knights slipped to six and four in their final season under Josh Heupel. Taking over for Heupel is former Auburn head coach Gus Malzahn, who won 68 games in his seven seasons on the Plains. During Malzahn's tenure at Auburn, his teams were fifth in the SEC in yards per game and sixth in the conference in scoring. So we bring back National College football writer for Football Scoop, Zach Barnett, because he thinks Malzahn is a good fit. I, I like this move a lot for Gus. Uh, I mean, the, the Auburn job is, is arguably the biggest pressure cooker in all of college football. And that's even before you, even before Nick Saban got there. And so I think he, I think he'll be refreshed with a chance to. Uh, I know UCF likes to, to talk about how it's there. It's just as much of a pressure cooker as the SEC, but it's not. Uh, and and a given the the type of athlete that he'll have access to, um, I, I think UCF UCF can be really good, uh, really quickly once again under Gus. So how does the road look ahead for the Knights? Well, in terms of key non-conference games, UCF opens their 2021 slate with Boise State at home on September 2nd and later travels to play Louisville on September 17th. The Knights are favored against Boise while underdogs against Louisville. And rounding out the rest, Memphis, Tulane, and Houston all have less than a 10% chance to win the conference, but that's why they play the games, right? So let's turn our attention to the Sun Belt Conference. And I had a chance to speak with sports writer Jeff Bezidlow of Yard Barker about this conference and their meteoric rise. How about the Sun Belt? Who, knew, who, who would have known? You know, it's like, I think the AC, the American Athletic is still probably the best. But um, I think what the Sun Belt did last year, at one point they had three teams ranked, you know, in the, yeah, in the, in the league. We, we, we mentioned Coastal Carolina. I still think they're going to be there this year. I think that's going to be a team that will, you know, is worth watching. They were, they were kind of a fun team. I mean, they, uh, we saw what they, they, you know, they, I, I got a chance to, to watch a few of their games and saw them, uh, really after a couple of shaky quarters go on and, uh, really handle Appalachian state, which has kind of been the class of that conference uh, over the last few years. Uh, you saw Louisiana step up, you know, they went to Iowa state and won last year, uh, Appalachian state, of course, as we mentioned, the coastal to me is, is the team that, um, is going to be the, the best of that group again. Now, yeah, I think when you look at, you know, if you throw the Sun Belt in with team with conferences like Conference USA and the MAC, um, right now I think this is definitely a conference on the rise. And there is a lot of kind of hidden talent there that NFL coaches probably know about and scouts definitely, but the average, the casual college football fan probably doesn't. And they're going to, I this is a conference that's going to get a lot more exposure on, you know, you know they're gonna they're gonna find themselves on national TV more and coastal help that and and I think we're gonna see uh, I think it's definitely worth uh, worth watching because um, there's a lot of under the radar talent and some very competitive games that go on there so yeah so keep an eye on that conference now looking at the top programs the football power index gives App State a slight edge over Louisiana in terms of the Sun Belt title last season marked the first time since 2015 that App State did not win or share the Sunbelt crown. So let's start right there, the Appalachian State Mountaineers. They did well going 9-3, and 6-2 in the Sunbelt last season, and they laid the hammer down on North Texas in the Myrtle Beach Bowl, 
winning 56-28. Wasn't ranked in the final AP rankings, but they do return seven starters on offense and 10 on defense, according to Phil Steele. Their 2020 rank is 33. Now, App State has been consistently impressive in their first season under head coach Sean Clark. The Mountaineers recorded their sixth straight season with nine or more wins. And since the start of the 2015 season, App State is one of five FBS teams with a winning percentage of 800 or better. Who are the others? Well, there's an elite bunch as the Mountaineers only trail powerhouses Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. And they're going to know what the season's going to look like early as Ab State's biggest non-conference test of the season comes on September 11th when they travel to Miami. The Mountaineers are currently have a 20% chance of winning that game, according to the ESPN Football Power Index. Their other non-conference games are against East Carolina, Elon, and Marshall. And Louisiana is known for gumbo, Mardi Gras, and the LSU Tigers. But there's a new kid in town, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. They went 10-1, and 7-1 in the Sun Belt last season. They beat the University of Texas at San Antonio in the first responders bowl, 31-24. Final ranking in 2020-15. And how about this for Spicy? They got returning starters 10 on offense and 10 on defense, according to Phil Steele. So the building blocks are there. The Raging Cajuns posted their second straight 10-win season under Billy Napier in 2020 and their 21 wins are second most among group of five teams over the past two seasons. Let's go inside the numbers because the most wins among a group of five teams the last two seasons, App State with 22 in the Sun Belt, Louisiana 21 in the Sun Belt, and Cincinnati and Memphis both had 20 in the American. So what's in store for Louisiana this season? Well, for the second straight season, the Raging Cajuns open their season on the road against a Big 12 opposition Beginning in 2021 with a September 4th game at Texas, Louisiana opened 2020 with a road win at Iowa State. Next up, Coastal Carolina. The Chance went 11-1, 8-0 and in the Sun Belt last season. They did lose the Liberty in the Cure Bowl, 37-34 in OT, but they had a nice final ranking, 14th in the AP. They do return nine offensive starters, 10 on defense, according to Phil Steele, one of which is sophomore quarterback Grayson McCall. Now, the Shots were one of college football's biggest surprises in 2020, going undefeated in regular season play before losing to Liberty in that Cure Bowl, like I said. Coastal Carolina's 11 wins last season were two more than they posted in their previous three FBS seasons combined. As I mentioned, returning under center for the Shants is sophomore quarterback Grayson McCall, who was first among a group of five signal callers in total QBR last season with a minimum of six games. So who were the best 2020 total QBR among the group of five with a minimum of six game plays? Well, I said Grayson McCall with a 82.2 QBR, Desmond Ritter right behind him, 80.8 QBR, Caleb Elby of Western Michigan, 78.1, and Dylan Gabriel, UCF QB, with 78 QBR. Elsewhere in the Sun Belt, a couple of well-known coaches joined the conference ranks for 2020. Former Cincinnati and Tennessee head coach Butch Jones is the new coach at Arkansas State, and Blake Anderson left Utah State, while Terry Bowden, formerly head coach at Auburn and Akron, looks to turn around the football fortunes at Louisiana Monroe. Now let's head out left and the Mountain West Conference. 
San Diego State and Boise State are the leading contenders for the conference crown with Fresno State third. Since the Mountain West Conference established its championship game in 2013, those three schools have combined for seven of eight conference titles. San Jose State is the other team to win the title game, beating Boise State last year. And a frequent guest on the podcast, sports writer Jeff Benzidlo, is high on one of those teams, but it may surprise you. To me, I don't know if I would I would consider them a surprise, but because uh, they had a good season last year, but I, I think you got to look at uh, San Jose State coming out of the Mountain West again. I mean, this was a team that, you know, you go back as far as a couple of years ago and they hadn't won a game. I remember, you know, this was a program that you wondered, would they ever be good again? And they've, they've had some, you know, some talent in the past, but uh, that's a team to watch for me. Um, you know, again, it's, it's a matter of, of culture. You have that taste, you have that success, you're back. I mean, this team went undefeated in their league. Uh, you know, they've, they, they've got some, they, they've got some, you know, some rebuilding to do in, in, in some areas, but I think overall this, this, to me, this is a team that uh, I, I think you got to keep an eye on again. Again, are they, are they worthy of a, of a college football playoff? No, but they're worthy of a conference championship and to maybe starting that culture again uh, to, to keep it going and being able to sustain it. So uh, that's a team that, uh, you know, out West that I, that I look at. But don't count out Nevada. Yes, Nevada. One reason, according to scout and NFL draft analyst Ryan Roberts, the quarterback Carson Strong could potentially be the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. I think Carson Strong has everything that you would want in the quarterback because he's going to be a, a three-year starter this year. From 2019 to 2020 was such a increase in production and increase in just quality of play. It was It was phenomenal. And then he's 6'3 plus, he's 215 plus pounds. He has a very strong arm. He's asked to do more at the line of scrimmage than basically any quarterback that I have evaluated so far, so far from 2022. So right now, I really think that he kind of checks a lot of boxes. And I'm, I'm really excited about him because he, he's in um, Matt Mummy's air raid system, which if anybody knows how Mummy, he is kind of the pioneer of the air raid system. And we're getting more and more elements with the Cliff Kingsbury's of the world now in the NFL for that system. And I think that he is a very mature, well-spoken young man who is, is still hitting the ceiling. But I really think that with uh, another year of maturation, he could potentially be that first quarterback off the board. Yeah, talk about that air race system. He posted five 300-yard passing games, twice hitting the 400-yard mark over the season's nine games. And some new faces will be under the headset as Boise State will look to return to the top of the Mountain West under a new head coach. Andy Avalos, a former Boise player and defensive coordinator, takes over after Brian Harson moved on to become the head coach at Auburn. And he spent the previous two seasons as defensive coordinator at Oregon. Utah State also has a new head coach in Blake Anderson. Anderson arrives in Logan after seven seasons as the head coach at Arkansas State, where he won 51 games and took the Red Wolves to six bowl games. Now let's look at the little engine that could, the Mid-American Conference. Buffalo and Toledo are the leading MAC contenders for 2021. Buffalo last claimed the conference title in 2008, while Toledo last won in 2017. Buffalo was coming off a 6-1 season in 2020, but lost running back Jared Patterson to the NFL and head coach Lance Leopold to Kansas. New head coach Mo Lindquist comes over after spending 2020 season as the Dallas Cowboys DB coach with a brief stint at Michigan between the spring. And last but certainly not least, we have Conference USA. UAB is a slight favorite over Marshall in Conference USA. 
The Blazers have won two of the last three Conference USA titles, that in 2018 and 2020, beating Marshall, who last won the Conference USA in 2014 in last year's title game. Marshall has a new head coach in Charles Huff after parting ways with longtime coach Doc Holliday. Huff spent the past two seasons on Nick Saban's staff at Alabama. His resume also includes stops at Maryland, Penn State, and Mississippi State. But how about North Texas? Well, we go back to our expert, national college football writer for Football Scoop, Zach Barnett. Uh, it's going to be an interesting year for the Mini Reeves. Uh, Seth Littell's been there for a while now uh, and is coming off of two straight down years, um, changing out uh, his co- defensive coordinator seemingly yearly at this point. He's, he's hired Phil Bennett from Baylor to run his defense. Um, the, the offense was, was really good last year with him. Uh, leading leading the Chargers to zone OC, he stepped away to be kind of the the, the CEO walk around head coach. So he he needs to have a good year. Uh, he's the highest paid coach in the conference, and, and uh, his team needs to perform like it. And we cannot forget a big riser, the Liberty Flames, the program which previously competed in the football championship subdivision, transitioned to the top level of NCAA football in July of 2017. The Flames became a provisional FBS member in 2018 and became a full FBS member with bowl eligibility in 2019. In 2020, Liberty entered the rankings in the AP poll at 25 for the first time in program history. They also have a great quarterback, Malik Willis, one that scout and NFL draft analyst Ryan Roberts is high on. You know, he's an Auburn transfer, so he's a guy that you know was heavily recruited kind of had to wait his turn at Auburn, never really, you know, came to fruition for him. Has that talent, though, that I think that he could transcend the situation and be a really talented quarterback um, at the next level, kind of has a dual threat aspect to him. So he would probably be the guy that is like the clear-cut guy to be that non-power five to make the next jump. 17 months after resigning from Old Miss Rebels football, Hugh Freeze was named Liberty's ninth head coach on December 7th, 2018. For the 2019 season, Liberty Flames would finish 8-5, and five, and they would make and win their first bowl game as an FBS program. In 2020, after a 6-0 and start, Liberty made it into the AP Top 25 poll for the first time in their program history, making it as high as 25, and they go on to finish 10-1 and in 2020 and finish the season ranked 17th in the AP Top 25 poll. Go for two. Get that kicker out of there. Two final points. I always end the podcast on food and where to get the best meal because what goes better with college football than food? So here's my pro tip. If you want a cheesesteak, a real cheesesteak, not a Philly steak and cheese you see on the menu in some places. By the way, if you see that, don't get it. I got two picks for you if you're in Philly and looking for a cheesesteak. I'll explain why. First, if you're not a fan of cheese whiz or whiz with as it's known in Philly, the best place in Philadelphia is Mama's in Balakinwood. It's right outside the city near Maniunk. No whiz, but they spin the top quality meat and sliced cheese blend. Plus, it weighs about three pounds on the fresh baked roll. And once you have it, you will never go back. But if you do, if you must have cheese whiz, and you got to go to Abner's in the Drexel University of Penn area, by far the best whiz wit there is, with plenty of free condiments, of course. And my favorite, the fresh, whole, hot peppers on the side, baby. Hungry for more? Well, we'll be back next week with the Power 5 Conference previews leading up to the start of the season. 
And of course, Believe in College Football Legends is presented by Bet Online. Thanks for listening to the Believe in College Football Legends podcast. Make sure to check out all the prior episodes with Heisman winners, legendary coaches, and sports personalities reliving the greatest plays. You can tweet your questions at the Sports Jesus and join us next week because it will be legendary. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.